Hey, and thanks for joining our podcast. This is Rewind. Let's watch that again with Rochelle and Zach. We're going to be talking about movies between 1990 and 2010 that really helped mold us as we grew up in the 90s. Get your tissues ready for this one, guys, because we're going to be talking about the cinematic, dramatic film, My Girl. This may be the first live-action movie that you grew up watching where the main character that you came to love passed away and the emotions that came with it. I know it most likely was for me, and even as a 34-year-old man, I still reached for the tissues with this one. Stick around also to find out if you were an actor with Macaulay Culkin or Anna Klumski, how you may have had to end up paying for him or her for being in one of your movies. Stay tuned. My Girl came out in 1991. Opening up, we see that the scene is set in Madison, Pennsylvania, 1972. It opens up with Veda Soltenfuss, a tomboy played by Anna Klumski, breaking the fourth wall. And for some of those that don't know what the fourth wall is, it's when the actor or the actress is talking directly to the audience or the camera. This is huge in many movies. And one of my favorites is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyway, she's describing ailments that she has ongoing and breaks it to her father, Harry Soltenfuss, who's played by Dan Aykroyd. She's determined through her own diagnostic examination that she, at the ripe age of 11, in fact, has breast cancer. He is not fazed by this at all. By letting you know this, this is not her first time coming up with medical issues. She's pretty much a hypochondriac. Harry is the local funeral director, and they live in a home where he works and the funeral and the pre-funeral procedures take place there. He's raising her alone with his mother, who has, I would believe you would say, I, I think she has Alzheimer's, um, but he's taking care of her because Veda's mother passed away shortly after giving birth to her. Early on, there is a woman who shows up at the door following an ad in the paper for a job opening for a hair and makeup. This woman is named Shelly Devoto. She is a professional beautician, but did not realize that the ad was actually for the already deceased. She is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and she decided to take the job anyway. As we learned, she got divorced and took the RV on the road to live out of. Shelly will eventually begin to start dating, then gets engaged to Harry and slowly tries to start a relationship with Veda. Veda's character has a best friend in the movie and really is her only confidant for her young life. This friend is named Thomas J. Sennett, or just Thomas J., and is played by none other than Macaulay Culkin. In one instance, when Shelley is trying to mold this new relationship with Veda and her friend Thomas J., she offers him chocolate. Thomas refuses, and because of this, we learn he is allergic to literally everything. Uh-oh. Is that a foreshadowing? I think so. Foreshadowing, 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 <laughs> foreshadowing. So these kids are your average 1970s youngsters who you would think that you would see doing various activities that you would not normally see in today's world. Those activities would be going on bike rides by themselves, playing in the woods by themselves, climbing trees, along many, many, many other things that they'd be doing by themselves. Uh, one of the times that when they're out in the woods, Veda and Thomas J come upon a beehive. Thomas wants to keep the beehive because he thinks 
they're cool. So he knocks the beehive down, and they soon realize that, you know what? There's bees in this beehive. And then they jump in the water to escape from the bees that are swarming them. Fast forward some more in the movie, and we see a scene where Veda and Thomas J share their first kiss. And afterward, Thomas basically says that if Veda doesn't end up marrying her teacher, which she greatly has a crush on, that he would love the chance to marry her. Love struck Thomas J goes wandering in the woods to find the mood ring that Veda lost when they're in the woods earlier looking at the beehive. Thomas is rustling around looking for it and disrupts that same hive that he knocked down with the rock earlier. He swarmed, then succumbs to the stings that he's allergic to and passes away. Beta's distraught, as she should be, and when the funeral takes place in her own home, she comes down the stairs and makes a scene in front of the casket. We see that during the entire movie, she has been struggling with the death. And with death in general. And then we also learn that she feels that she may be the cause of her own mother's death. Harry and Vader are able to have a heart to heart conversation and maybe for the first time as a parent and child. This is what bonds them at the end of this movie. In the end, Veda has learned to deal with death better and maybe Thomas J's up in heaven with their mother. The end. So let's get this straight out of the box here. Macaulay Culkin was already a star by now. He was a pulp culture phenom due to the year before when Home Alone was released, and every kid in America knew who he was and loved him. Pack my suitcases. Um. <laughs> anyway. No, can I get the hold on? Can I tell you a story? Whenever I was growing up, uh-huh. every single one of my relatives thought I looked like Macaulay Culkin from that movie. They because did. of your bowl cut? No, yeah. Because, okay, yes, I had the bowl cut. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you right now, like in my dad's family, I'd go over to my dad's family's house. They made me slap my cheeks and say, pack my suitcases. They, no, I'm not joking 100%. I never told you that story. Every single one of them made me slap my cheeks and say, pack my suitcases, because I look like the kid. Zach's dad, we're going to have to have you tell the story too sometime. No, I, I, mean, I promise you, this is like literal... I'm telling you, go, go for it. I could, I would believe this. I, I know. They, and knowing you. I hated it. I hated it. Because I, it's like. I doubt that for I don't a have second. to say it. No, I, I doubt that for a second. I bet deep down you loved every minute of performing this. That's where my acting career started. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Sorry, I kind of choked on that. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, for this reason. Macaulay was almost not gassed. <laughs> Sorry. Stop giggling. I can't stop picturing you. this. For this reason, Macaulay was almost not cast in the lead role due to the studio feeling that it would be a huge flop because no one would want to see this new celebrity hero die in a movie once the word gets out about how it ends. They felt parents would not want to take their kids to see this movie at all. But Charlie Corsmo was offered the role of Thomas J and then decided he wanted to make Hook instead. Corsmo barely knew her. Are you happy with that joke? (laughs) No. I'm glad you're not. I'm not not at all. So Charlie went and was in the movie Hook for Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Lord. <laughs> so, he, so he turned down that role. 
<laughs> he played Jack in the movie Hook. Elijah Wood was also in the running for the co-lead role, but it was said that Kit, Macaulay Culkin's dad, insisted on his son to play the role, and it was given to him. The movie was a success, but not as big as his previous year's role in Home Alone. Now, Elijah Wood, that's the same character from... That's Frodo Baggins. Yeah, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. All right. Young, young, young Elijah Wood, which he ended up being... I, I'd have to look at this on the years, but he was in the movie Forever Young with Jamie Lee Curtis and Mel Gibson. Close in years, I would say, for sure. Forever Young. I don't remember that, oh, but I do... that's a good one. I do remember him being young in a movie, but I can't really put a, a pin on what movie it would have been. So... Bill Murray and Steve Martin were also considered to be roles for Harry Sultanfuss, but both are busy doing movies, which were What About Bob? And can I say about What About Bob? That's one of my favorite movies. I know that not very many people love it because it's annoying. It kind of is. I couldn't get through it whatsoever when but you had me watch it. Baby Steps to the Door, Baby Steps to the Elevator. Baby steps, I'm doing it. Yeah, and he has a little goldfish the entire time. I love that movie so much. But I know that... You're one of the only... Listen, no. Bill Murray is a legend. He is. I'll agree. I love... You can't... You say Bill Murray's a legend because of Ghostbusters. I'm sure that's the only one. Uh, no. Why? Because of Caddyshack. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I got that going for me at least. Yeah, uh, you made the Dolly Lama. <laughs> okay, so Caddyshack. I didn't think you liked Caddyshack. Yeah. All right. Well, I like Caddyshack too. Mm-hmm. But so Bill Murray was busy doing What About Bob, which I consider a huge, huge classic in my voice. And then uh, Steve Martin was busy doing Father of the Bride. Love that movie. I know that Rochelle has talked about doing Father of the Bride since the beginning of this whole podcast. Oh, I love that movie. That, that movie, one and two, I loved watching that with my mom a lot. Yeah, that's one of her faves. So I know we'll end up doing that one as well because that came out in 1991 too. Uh, so, they, But both of them were busy, so they couldn't do the roles, so they weren't able to do it. Now... When watching this as an adult, Rochelle and I looked at each other at the very beginning of the movie because we were like, this is foreshadowing, like we said in the synopsis, because a small coffin's brought into the funeral home and Veda asks, what's that for? Why is it so small? And basically, Harry's like, they're caskets. They come in all sizes. And it's like, yeah, well, we know what's about to happen because we've seen it before. Well, thing is, though, for me, this is... Only my second time watching the movie. I did not grow up watching this one personally. No one grows up watching it. You watch it once, you ball your eyes out, and you, okay, you I stop watching it because you don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> well, as a as a woman, we like to watch movies that make you cry. But I did not watch this when I was a kid. I watched this maybe for the first time a year ago. Maybe. What? Yeah. Yeah. When did you watch it a year ago? With you. With me? Yeah. Ah, I yeah. don't remember that. We watched it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the foreshadowing points that we want to talk about. And yes. Then, and then later, a foreshadowing point is whenever they first knock down the beehive 
Thomas J. We find out we we knew already that he was allergic to quote unquote everything because whenever uh, Jamie Lee Curtis tries giving him the chocolate bar, he's like, "I'm allergic to everything." She's like, "Are you allergic to chocolate?" And they're like both in synchrony. They're like, "We're allergic to everything." He's allergic to everything. The thing I don't get though is if he's allergic to everything and he knew he was allergic to bees. Why was he not cautious? That's the big question here. Why was he not cautious with that beehive? Why did he, but he's a child. I That's the only way I can look at it there, I guess. But he would, I would have figured if you're allergic to everything, you should be scared of it. Even if you're not, if you, even if you're positive that it was abandoned. Wow. Dead. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty cautious because even Veda says in the movie, you only go home to eat. You're like a dog because he goes home to eat because he's allergic to every food he eats. So he is pretty cautious. Maybe he, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like he probably knew he was allergic to bees, but if he didn't know he was allergic to bees, he knew he was allergic to a lot of things. And so um, just been a given and for him to carelessly kick it at one point too. When he was looking, I don't know. It's one of those no, he didn't wanted, kick it. He didn't he, kick he it. Did. No, he kind of did a little, no, little, little he shuffle, moved, shuffle kick No, thing. he moved it around with his hands. because He tapped it with his foot. I don't believe that. Mm. I believe, as the person who watched it vigorously, that he mm-hmm. tapped it with his hands as he was scraping the leaves, looking for I Veda's moon ring, because, because he loved Veda so much that he wanted to he find the moon ring for her. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, so there was also that foreshadowing to where Thomas J, whenever he taps the, or they knock the beehive down the first time. I think so. Huh? He didn't tap it the first time. Oh my gosh. He knocked <laughs> it down with the rock. Uh, he yells the, the words, run for your lives, which that could have just been a word. I mean, I would have said that too. But it, as a kid. it could have been foreshadowing because, I mean, run for your life because if you get stung, your life is over. Also, I thought it was good to note right here, a Scientific American article talks specifically how to avoid bee swarm attacks. For those of you out here who don't know how to do that, here's the three things that they mentioned that were portrayed incorrectly in the movie for you to do so. Special announcement here. Special announcement. We have number one, don't swat the bees. Run. That's a given. So when I come and rescue you from a bee, I can't be swatting at it with a fly swatter? No, you swat, I'll run. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number two, get to an enclosed shelter. So you may have to run a good distance away. It could be like a quarter mile away. You got to run far away from them or get yourself in a car, shut the doors. They can't get in the doors of a car. So get yourself in a vehicle as as quick as you can or, or in a house or something. And then number three, this is the big one that they portrayed incorrectly in the movie. In lots of movies and cartoons as well. Oh, gotta yes. Got to throw that out there too. Never, ever, ever, ever. I repeat, never, never, ever, 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 word, never. Oh my gosh. I feel like an idiot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Never jump into a body of water ever to escape from a swarm of bees. Bees will wait for you to resurface and they will sting you when you resurface. That's what they do. They can hover for 
hours. There's been stories and, and, and tales of people swimming in water for hours. There was one where this Scientific American Journal posted that, or Scientific American article posted that a person swam for hours and kept getting stung every single time they resurfaced. And the only way they, they were able to survive and stop being stung is because the sun went down and the bees went back to the hive. Okay. On a different note here. On a, on a different note here. Yep. On a Regis and Kathy Lee talk show, we see in an interview of Anna that she would prepare for crying scenes for up to an hour beforehand and think of sad things. We also learned that this was her and McCullough's first on-screen kiss, and it took up to 15 takes. She didn't like kissing so much as she is still a young child. Yeah. And I don't, and I can, she, she just probably is at that age where she didn't, it just was not interesting to her at all. She was not boy crazy at she, that point. She, yeah, she 100% wasn't. And she said that um, the only person she had kissed was her dad. So she was not a fan of it. And But, I mean, she just needed to get through it. That's basically what she's saying. I need to get through it. I need to get through it. Um, and it was both of their first on-screen kiss. And so it was kind of a big deal for anybody who's into acting. On-screen kissing is like kind of your first big deal. It's kind of like... Like your first time you, I don't know. But wouldn't you think she'd be excited because Macaulay was considered a, pul- a pulp, w- pop, pop icon. <laughs> pulp icon. I don't know why I was saying I said pulp. Because there's a bunch of pulp in it, I guess. No, she she just wasn't. She was just still highly concentrated. Well, not I wouldn't say highly concentrated. <laughs> She's she was I think ten years old whenever she shot it. You so missed my bad joke. I said pulp. Highly concentrated. <laughs> ladies, you just kept going. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you just got a true, genuine laugh out of Rochelle. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that one. <laughs> yes, I was proud of it, just to let you know. I'm not bringing the drum set out on this one. So... <laughs> But yeah, she just, I mean, it was still yucky and gross to her. And, and, and I said too, in that same interview, uh, she, I saw an interview that she did with Kathy or not Kathy. Yeah. Kathy Lee and Regis. And I saw an interview that she did with, uh, Arsenio Hall and, and she's the one who, 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 right. Is that Arsenio Hall? <laughs> she, she, she's the one who said that she, she's the one who said that she was a uh, a tomboy and that that was her character to be a tomboy and so it was kind of like not like a boy crush type of thing and so that's that's where I came up with it um you may have heard earlier that I talked about how that if you acted with Anna or Macaulay, you may be having to pay to be in their movies. Really? Yep. This is a thing that Jamie Lee Curtis did while they were on the set of this movie. Jamie instituted a swear can to prevent what they call quote-unquote trucker talk. That's what Dan Aykroyd called it whenever he was on the uh, Arsenio Hall um, show. Aykroyd said jokingly in an interview with Arsenio Hall, 
It was $5 for this word and $10 for another. And by the end, the kids probably made about five grand each in there. In a centennial interview with Calkin in 1991, he said that an F word was worth about 10 bucks and the S word was about five bucks. Calkin and Klumsky would split it after the movie was finished. And in the end, Jamie owed them about $200 each. Dan owed them about $50 each. And Howard, who was a director, owed them about $60 each. Dan Aykroyd, who was already very famous, successful, and talented actor for many movies previously, really kind of needed this to be a success, apparently. His previous film was Nothing But Trouble, both in title and gross income. Nothing But Trouble had what looked to be an amazing cast that many would feel would be hard to not be successful. That cast included himself, Demi Moore, and Chevy Chase, and John Candy. It's estimated that its budget was $40 million, but it only grossed just under $8.5 million. Lucky for him, this movie helped with a budget of $17 million and gross profit was just over $59 million. Did you ever watch that movie, Nothing But Trouble? I don't think I've ever heard of it. Oh my gosh. It is... I didn't know it was bad. I remember watching it as a kid... I was like, this is crazy. Like, like, uh, what's it about? I, I, I have no idea what right. this movie is. This has been okay. I'm 34 years old. Let's Are put you? I am. Okay. That's what you tell me every other time I ask. <laughs> so, this has probably been about 25 years ago whenever I watched it, maybe the first time and probably the last time. So, I remember a junkyard. I remember John Candy as a woman. I remember an old, old man Dan Aykroyd, like, as a father. This already sounds awful. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, it probably was. Obviously, it only grossed $8 million. Lord. But I'm just saying, I, li- I liked it. I thought it was good, but... I thought it was strange. I thought it was, I, I don't know. I just didn't know how to take it, but it was a lot of famous actors. And, and I mean, those four, Demi Moore, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, John Candy. I like the height of their SNL. And then, and then Celebrity. Demi Moore in her highest of highs back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like early nineties, late eighties. Let's say that. I don't mm-hmm. remember when the movie came out, but Yeah. They were like pretty up there. They were at the highest of their highs right there. Hmm. And you would think any movie that came out by those guys would be a drop dead comedy. Hilarious. But they spent, I will say though, Dan Aykroyd had a ton of makeup on as an old man and the makeup and the, the special effects, I'm sure just ate up that budget a hundred percent. I guarantee the special effects and the makeup ate it up. Well, Thank you for securing the fact I will never see this no, movie. No, you will because now that I know you've never seen it, you have to see it. And then now that you have to see it, you will see it. So I will fall asleep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So this point is going to sound crazy, but I did an extensive amount of research over this, guys. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately... It's not available anymore. Thankfully, it's not available anymore. Why? 
So what? there's this online My Girl video game. What? Yes. So the website was mygirlthegame.com. I looked it up. It's not available anymore. But it existed. It did exist. I don't know what was the deal with it, but I kind of did research into it. So basically, after reading about it, I found out that you're Thomas J. You're running from a swarm of bees. Oh, gosh. You're trying not to get stung. In the top corner, there's a mood ring, which we know is important in the film. If you get stung, the mood ring gets darker and darker and darker until it turns black, which we know that like in the beginning of the movie, we see she's like, my mood ring's always black, blah, blah, blah. And so we, we see that black's a bad thing with a mood ring. And the the more she more he runs from the bees and he gets stung the darker the mood ring gets and basically you're trying to keep him alive number one why number two why <laughs> what what the heck why would someone want to maybe relive a memory maybe. this is like the worst memory of your childhood i'm saying i'm saying like this like i remember bambi's mom getting shot you didn't see it you heard it i remember in uh what's the uh i'm your best friend todd i'm a best friend too todd yeah fox what, in the house fox in that i remember the mom dying but you don't see it but this is like i mean you don't see it but you see his body afterwards and like he's a human he's he's a real life character i'm saying this is like probably the first person i remember as a kid Passing away that I had like emotions towards. And it was like looking at you in a casket because apparently you looked like him. Yep. And why would you make a video game? Of, who Prob- would want to play this game? Probably for those that thought they could save him and make him live. But it sounds like it came from the same creators of the E.T. game. Oh, my gosh. That was the worst. Okay. We're not going to get into it now. This is a short podcast, but probably just as bad of a game. E.T. If you don't know about E.T., as an Atari nin- game, yeah, it was. was, it was it Atari. Atari? I'm pretty sure it was Atari. Or Nintendo. I'm pretty it sure it was Atari. I, I don't remember. Whatever. It was in the '80s. It was, but it was it flopped hard, and whenever it flopped, it was because of the pit or whatever. I can't remember. I remember once E.T. Like, e. would get in the pit, he couldn't get out. It, I remember playing it was. T- Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, she's got fingers up. (laughs) Literally two fingers. Two two fingers. Why did I do two fingers? I don't know. It's one finger. I don't know. She's got two fingers fingers giving me the peace sign saying (laughs) no. My bad. So I'm sure that all of you are aware of how bad the blood brother idea is. Yeah, don't do it. Obviously, with the knowledge of the bloodborne diseases and illnesses that we have, this would just never be a good idea. But yet, this isn't the only movie that you see this happen in. I mean, it happens in, shoot, in The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which it's off of a book. But they they cut their palms of their hands and then they put their hands together and all that. Don't do it. Ugh, but and while on that topic, you probably shouldn't spit into your hand and shake on it either. Yeah, she's like, shake on it. No, she 
she took her blood and then she had him pick his scab. Oh uh, well, yeah, she put but her they, finger on his scab. I know, but in the movie too, they do a. Spit do they? Up. Yes, they do. And then she wipes it on her uh, overalls, that she, her bibs that Man. she's wearing. Oh, is that after they said they get married? If uh, yeah, it line. was right around. Oh, they're on bicycles in the street. So well, basically, any nineteen seventies. Back then, they're. I mean, there's. There. I don't know. Well, I know it's we fine back then. Nowadays, I guess. No, we're not germaphobes. We understand. We're more aware. Yes, that's 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 absolutely what it should be like, and so. Don't Go do it. Do it. Can you can you say it in that deep voice again so everybody can hear it? Don't do it. Yeah, she said it again. <laughs> she said it again in the deep voice, so that means you definitely shouldn't do it. <laughs> All right. So this one, you know, it kind of stung a little bit to relive and watch again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, I thought that's that- what I'm saying to you. Seriously. <laughs> I thought I could sneak that in there and you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't say anything. You buzzed right by me with that one. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was a good movie, but it did have a sad e- ending. You know, even as an adult, it was sad to watch. We um, cried. We did. I, oh, my gosh. I, I remember we, we watched it in two settings. We watched it on the couch and we watched it and finished it in the bed. And it was just, oh, it was really sad. You had to make sure I was crying so you weren't. You didn't want to be by yourself on that. And, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, this has been Rewind. Let's watch that again. Please look for us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under the same name and follow us for updates on future episodes. Each new episode will drop every Wednesday where we'll go into depth on another film we consider to be a classic from the 1990s or 2000s. Also, feel free to email us if you have any thoughts or comments about the show. If you have anything you want to talk to us about, please feel free to contact us via those social media outlets or email us at rewind. Let's watch that again at yahoo.com.